The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm so delighted to have you with us today. We have such an exciting and interesting show lined up for you. As I always say, go to the Self-Improvement blog. Uh, You're going to see a picture of our guest, her bio, a book review of the book, and this is one you, you may really want to get uh, and and want to make it easy for you. There are also some very good videos that our guest has made in the right-hand column, so take a look um, over on the right side of the blog. We have a new sign-up for the newsletter mechanism now on the blog. Some of you have said you weren't able to find what show was coming. If you sign up, you'll get a notice of the show and other things. We're going to be doing some exciting things with the blog. And I promise you, absolutely, I will not inundate you with email. I sign up for things and they send me two or three things a day. And I very quickly unassign myself. I I just, I, I don't care for that deluge of email, and I I won't do it to you either. Some years ago, a friend of mine gave me a movie on VHS. It was a story of Abelard and Heloise, a lovely love story. There was a scene at the end when Heloise was dying. She threw a crucifix against the wall and cursed the church that had kept her away from Abelard. It was a very moving scene. I gave it to a friend of mine to watch and we discussed this scene in detail and and how we felt about it. I talked to the person who gave me the movie and he said it wasn't in the movie. But I had seen it and my friend had seen it. So we both watched it again and guess what? That scene was not on that tape. But we both saw it. I I will not forget that scene and I will not forget my quandary of having it just disappear off that tape. In addition, I've marked passages in books that I wanted to quote and I came back to look at it again because I'd written down the page number and the passage wasn't there. That's happened to me more times than I care to, to think about. Um, I've put things down and they've simply disappeared. And then I find them later in some strange place that I never would put much of anything. I don't forget those, but my mind doesn't quite know what to do with them. 
Most of my life I was in nursing, and in nursing I saw people who had tumors on x-ray that simply disappeared in a very short period of time. They, they weren't there. Or dis- badly diseased or damaged organs, which suddenly were whole. No one could explain it, and the doctor certainly didn't want to call it anything except this favorite old term, a spontaneous remission. You know, we're going to talk about these kind of things today, and we have with us an expert to walk us through it, or perhaps I should say jump with us as we go through it, because today we're going to talk about that strange thing called quantum jumping or quantum jumps. Cynthia Larson has a degree in physics, remember that, a degree in physics from UC Berkeley, an MBA degree, and a Doctor of Divinity degree. For the past 15 years, she has shared findings from scientific research in the fields of quantum physics, quantum biology, the placebo effect, positive psychology, sociology, and alternative medicine. And that's pretty much a list of all my favorite subjects. I just couldn't believe it when I read it. Cynthia's articles have appeared in journals ranging from Magical Blend to Parabola. She has been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, and the BBC. She's presented papers at international conferences on science, spirituality, and consciousness. She is a best-selling author, researcher, and transformational speaker who helps people visualize and access whole new worlds of possibility. Her most recent book is Quantum Jumps, An Extraordinary Science of Happiness and Prosperity. Remember the terms, science of happiness and prosperity. It is such a joy for me to welcome Cynthia to the Self-Improvement Show. Cynthia Larson, welcome. Well, thank you. Well, it's such a joy to be here. And I loved hearing your examples of the um, things that you've noticed that have changed, especially with movies and books. Oh, and That blew my mind. <laughs> I'm yes. telling you, you have no idea how many times I watched that movie thinking that I had, you know, just somehow not paid attention and missed it. Right. But it wasn't there. Well, it's funny you mention it, too, because I just recently watched a movie thinking it's got this amazing scene in it, which was completely missing as well. And the reason I had kept the movie so I could watch it again, now, albeit it's been a few years, I don't know how long it was between viewings for you. Actually, that's interesting. (laughs) But, you know, you think, well, how could I have gotten it that wrong, that my favorite part of this whole movie is not even there anymore. I mean, it must have been equally surprising for you, too. Oh, it was very surprising. And this was in a very short period of time. Okay. Like, I gave it to my friend. She watched it because I told her how good the movie was. She watched it, and I said, what did you think about that scene? This is all within a few days. Right. And then I talked to the man who gave it to me, and he said, that's not in there. <laughs> and I said, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I watched it again, and it wasn't, and I watched it again, and it wasn't. Right, and it's not the director's cut or something like that. No, it was the same, it was the same VHS. Right. You know, so I, it's, it's literally the same thing. Literally the same thing. Yes. Tell us about yourself. Who is Cynthia Larson? Well, I 
am a I've studied physics, as you mentioned in the beautiful introduction, and but I think of myself mostly as a researcher in the field of consciousness. What powers me and, and really gives me so much passion to live is that it's my desire, my my heart's desire to help make this the best possible place for everyone. And, and my role in that, as I see it, is to share with people uh, the findings from scientific discoveries and research and theory and actually a little bit of metaphysics, which explains um, it's beyond the number crunching and it gets into what does it all mean. We used to call it philosophy. Um, So philosophy is a form of metaphysics, actually, uh, going beyond physics. So what I like to do is find um, explanations for many of the things that I've firsthand witnessed having to do with the way that our thoughts and feelings literally change the world. So that's exactly what I'm really fascinated by. Because I have seen far too many things, way too many examples, almost on a daily basis, certainly on a weekly basis, where things literally appear, disappear, transform, transport, and just change. And it's it's, it can be simple things. And rather than dismissing it and saying, oh, I must have forgotten where I put my keys, or I guess I got, I guess I must be confused about that scene in the movie, um, what I'm realizing instead is that we are witnessing what I call um, quantum dynamics on the macroscopic scale. So, in other words, the things that we're witnessing, you know, whether it's teleportation or transformation, uh, seeing things in uh, as they are in a couple of different possible states, these are all things we totally expect to see in the quantum realm. And I believe that we actually are living in a quantum multiverse, that it's... I know that's a big idea, but what I'm saying is if when you get familiar with the quantum realm, then you see that our consciousness changes everything. When you think something, it changes it. And the reason we tend to believe that things are stuck and fixed and everything is solid like it looks is just that we haven't really paid close enough attention and kept a real open mind to this possibility. And we weren't taught to do that. You know, and, and my growing up, everything was pretty much black and white. It either was or wasn't. There was no in-between. And boy, is that true. You've hit the nail on the head. And that, So much of what I do is just helping people open their minds to the possibility that you're not going crazy, that that's real, what you just witnessed. So, oh, I would have thought I was totally crazy with the movie if, if my friend hadn't seen it and we hadn't discussed it. Right. You know, I would have just dismissed it as had that, you know, I'm having some kind of Must psychotic break. What am I going to do? Yeah, Before we get really started, tell people how they can find you right. on the Internet. Right. Well, I've got a website, realityshifters.com, and that's the place that I've been collecting and sharing these real-life first-hand accounts, such as yours, with uh, thousands of subscribers every month for the past 15 years. So this is, this is not a fly-by-night uh, passion of mine. It's something I've been doing regularly now for quite some time, um, including not just stories every month when I publish a newsletter. And all the newsletters are right there on the website. So if you feel like, wow, I've missed out, you haven't missed a thing. You can literally read all of those hundreds of newsletters. And you will want to when you go there. I have to tell this story. When I finished reading your book, the jury was still out for me. 
I'm thinking that all that's all nice and yes it makes sense to me but uh, I don't know you know I don't know When I put down the book, it was Sunday, and I usually have myself a dish of ice cream on Sunday. So I reached into the drawer, and there were no teaspoons. There were only soup spoons. And I thought, well, that's really weird, because we just unloaded the dishwasher, and we have plenty of spoons of both kinds. But there were only soup spoons, so I ate my ice cream with a soup spoon. That evening, I went in to get myself a bowl of soup. I love soup, and Sunday's the... Great night for soup. I reached in the drawer and there were only teaspoons, no soup <laughs> spoons. And I think this, this is insane. We have plenty of spoons. Where are they? And then it hit me. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hit, this has happened before. And that's impossible. <laughs> when did I do that? When did that happen? When did we jump? What's going on here? And I thought, oh, that's, you know, talk about. Proof. Right. <laughs> it all came home. And I thought, well, I better pay attention. So I decided to get your other book, Reality Shifts, and I'm into it now. I, I really love the book. Oh, um, I, I really recommend that people read this. If you have an open mind at all, please, please read this because it will expand your horizons greatly. Um, no kidding. What motivated you in the beginning to go into physics? Because physics isn't something most women really are excited about. That's true. Well, I got a lot of encouragement from my parents. They, um, my father especially, loves math and science, and so as all the years growing up, he would um, encourage my sister and I to study math and to. We did a lot of uh, word problems at home, that kind of thing, and. He, he really encouraged for us to explore and learn as much as possible. And my mother is a, was a public school teacher, so it was a very educational kind of a family with a big focus on reading books and studying and learning and traveling, all these things. So that was a good start. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't have studied physics if I had my first druthers. I would have picked something that they didn't have back then. Physics definitely would have been part of it. Um, I would have majored in consciousness. Um, but there was no such program. No. There was no major. There, um, you couldn't even find a class in that subject, and so Don't I had to kind of talk about it. Yeah. So I, what happened is I took as many physics and psychology classes as possible, which it was sort of approximated a consciousness degree. And on that note, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about Cynthia's background because it's absolutely fascinating. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Cynthia Larson saying, "Stay tuned." We're going to be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We're talking to Cynthia Larson today, who has this wonderful background in physics and business and has a doctorate in divinity. So we're going to put all this together in a moment. But how did you get then from just physics to an interest in quantum physics? How did that, did you study quantum physics I did. in yes, college? I did, yeah, I did exactly. Um, I studied, I went to college in the 1980s, so that was definitely the time, um, you know, that's 80 years into quantum physics, so it's not like it had just started or anything. Um, And at that time at UC Berkeley, I was, of course, taking lots of the classical physics classes as well, but, but there was something special for me about the quantum physics in the sense that it was... It was really extraordinary. Um, it, it got to the heart of, of how I felt about about reality. It, it's, it's hard to even put words around it. it it's it, because I got a feeling um, when do, I'll just put it this way: when I did the problems in quantum physics, I could basically just read the question and write the answer down because I understood it. I mean, it was all in my consciousness. It was. It's kind of like the way thinking is is quantum physics for me. Um, maybe I'm a bit weird that way because a lot of people say it's not that natural, but to me it was. Well, it for felt... some of us it isn't natural, but but we can ta- tap into all knowledge. Yeah, to me it felt right. It felt like this is the basis of everything. It felt um, actually like this it is, is. This is the real reality. <laughs> it, it is. It's like with a, when you look at the fundamental basics for everything, then it's not only starting with quantum physics, but it's basically all built on quantum physics. And when now just scientists that want to know the theory of everything need to incorporate quantum physics into their um, you know, their plans for how they explain the solar system and the galaxies and so forth. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's extremely important. <laughs> for those of us who are not into physics you know it's it's mind stretching but it isn't impossible and it explains so many things so you got your degree in physics and and then you went on to get an MBA was this right away or you know it was, was pretty this... much right away i what happened is at that point the jobs that were available were mostly department of De- defense or with a physics degree you could become an educator and what I noticed, I'd been working at space sciences laboratories um, doing as a summer intern, and I was working with um, solar flare data, doing you know physics kind of stuff. And I noticed that the 
that the physicists themselves don't know how to talk to each other very well. Communication is not their strong suit, and coordination of projects was another, you know, it was, it, like people skills were challenging for them. So I, I thought, well, I would love to help organize projects. So I went, I got an MBA degree with the intention that I'd be helping technical people work together as, in teams because they often don't work together. They're often very solitary with their own ideas of how to do things. So it was, um, and, and it seems like having to talk to other people, even though it's about the same thing, gets them distracted. It does. And they, they can't get back on track that easily. Right. And I specialized in information technology, which uh, that was before they had much in, in the way of artificial intelligence. But I have studied a number of different programming languages, which to me is also part of consciousness. Um, because when you think about the way we describe a routine or how to um, make a computer do something for us that's, that's processing, that's consciousness of a different sort. So to me, it all ties into consciousness. Everything that I've done is part of that. And then you got a doctorate in divinity. Now, that's the most well, how interesting. How does all of this tie together? That one is really interesting. Yeah, because um, I got the doctorate of divinity so I can perform wedding ceremonies and also in recognition of the fact that pretty much everything I do is for oneness. It's for what you might call God, um, the creator. People have different names for this or source. And um, it's just my recognition to the fact that I'm in service all the time to something that's, that I consider um, a higher power, a higher order than I am. And it's very much part of my um, my life coaching and also my daily life. It's, uh, I, it's inconceivable to me to to really have any kind of success whatsoever without that. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, we have very similar... Um, ideas on this. I went back and got a doctorate in metaphysics and they wanted me to teach and I was teaching, they wanted me to teach ministers. So I be, you know, I had to study myself, become a minister. I did weddings, a lot of weddings for a while. Um, I'm pretty much retired from that now, but it's interesting to me how all of your background comes together to allow you to do the work you do now, which is basically with consciousness. Right. Where yeah, it does you all start. tie back together again. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the physics is irreplaceable. It's priceless. And I'm getting more into it again than I've ever been. Um, because I'm, Quantum physics seems to be really hot right now. Uh, there's, there's a some, reason for that. And I explained it a little bit in my book, Quantum Jumps, because we really are in a quantum age right now. This is the dawning. It's, it's like you said when you said if, if people would think differently, then things would be different for them. And right now, children are playing, actually they're playing with quantum mechanics, which you might not be aware of. I wasn't aware of it either, but there's a game called Minecraft, which... Oh, my grandson's into it big time. Yes. He's 10 years old. He's That's 10. Right. It's a big He's been playing going. it for two years. It's huge. And it's like billions of kids are playing, and um, or people around the world right now. It's, I think, the biggest thing happening. And there's a component for it called Q-Craft, which is the quantum building blocks. And I'll tell you why that's a big deal. You know, you were just giving these wonderful examples of how that movie changed after you'd been thinking about reality shifts, quantum jumps, and then you're noticing the spoons are changing. You know, you're noticing, <laughs> yeah, noticing how can, like, wow, yeah, what's going on? Spoon. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, and these are kids that are playing a game, so they're in a reality where they're building castles or reconstructing Westeros because they've watched Game of Thrones or whatever. Whatever it is they're doing, you can create anything if people don't know what I'm talking about. It, Minecraft is like it's like a computer game, a simulation, and you can create your own world. And it can be something like um, like Lord of the Rings, or you can create a world that matches a favorite book or an idea. Um, but the exciting thing from for what I'm talking about is there's this quantum building blocks component where you can have teleporting material. You can actually teleport from one castle to another. And you can have bricks that all change to be gold at the same time, and they all change to be silver or whatever. Um, and so that would be that entanglement uh, quality of quantum physics. And uh, these are literal building blocks. So these big things in, I'm just using castle as an example, but it could be any kind of structure. And then there's this coherence quality. So there's that, it's kind of like a flock of birds. You'll have a whole bunch of quantum particles or quantum bricks that are moving, that, that act together. So they might all change at the same time. And the superposition of states, um, that's, um, that's where these quantum blocks can be, like sometimes they're gold, sometimes they're silver, sometimes they're whatever. So it's, it's just that quality that, um, like sometimes they're spoons, they're teaspoons, sometimes they're soup spoons. And so these I, I know play Jack, that game. Yeah. You know, Jack loves the game. And when he was here the last time he spent, he, he gets computer time on my computer. Or and he does on his dad's computer too, but you know, he wouldn't be playing, he would be reading how to play Minecraft. Right. Which really was fascinating to me because at the time he was only nine. And I'm thinking, he's reading some really tough stuff and he's getting it. Right. That's it's I think it's really good for kids to think about the world. Uh, and I recommend if you don't have that QCraft module, and I usually and I don't I, I don't get any kickback from this. <laughs> I'm just I'm just suggesting it. You know that would be the component that I would recommend kids get because this is the quantum age right now. We've got um, for the first time as of September last year the ten million dollars that Google and NASA Ames spent on a quantum computer, and they're getting programmers there to learn how to program. Wow. Let me ask you this. You, you, you talk about the quantum age. What's the difference in the quantum age and the information age? Right. Well, it starts with technology, pretty much like whether it's Stone Age, Bronze Age, um, you know, whatever, uh, even the Industrial Revolution. Usually there's some kind of technology that gives you a clue like, oh, we're changing. And sure enough, the quantum computers are here. Uh, we still don't quite know what to do with them, and I guess we're waiting for those kids to hurry up and get programming. I mean, we got yeah. people that are working what? on it right now, but it'll really—it's going to belong to the kids of today that start thinking this way right now. Their brains need to be around it, so it, it's going to change the way we, instead of thinking in terms of true or false, we'll be recognizing that you might open the the cupboard and your spoons might be teaspoons, they might be soup spoons. It changes the way that you think about daily life. It would be nice if they would change to gold spoons. Yes, it would be nice. <laughs> they have not done that yet. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, these things are possible. Before and, we go to break, I want you to talk a little bit about your books. You've authored a number of books. You even have ones I see, for one for teens or for children. It looks like a teen book to me. You know, give us a thumbnail of your books and, and what inspires you to write them. Where do you get 
your inspiration for these because you know some it, some of it is very new. Right. Yes, well, the one you're mentioning is Karen Kimball and the Dreamweaver's Web. That's a book. It's perfect for teens. Um, it could be for precocious 10-year-olds. And it's a story about a young girl that goes to swim camp. And I wrote that book because that was right about the time the Harry Potter books were starting to come out. But I, I felt like, I felt offended. Like, there's so much magic in the world. Um, yeah, I was tell, I was complaining to a friend, why don't, why doesn't somebody write a book about the real magic? About lucid dreaming and, you know, and the fact that you can, your mind can go anywhere. Why don't we have, because that's pretty amazing stuff and there's so much going on. And he told me you should write it. So I was just um, worked up enough that I went home and started writing it. And wow, it just flew. So when I start writing a book, it's like being pregnant with a baby. It just comes right through. Um, except, you know, it's even easier. I just think. Like, okay, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no other person is required. I just need to, to recognize, like, okay, I'm ready. I just Actually, you can and, consider wow. the publishing, getting it published part as the labor pain. You know, <laughs> but it, yeah. um, your, your books flow. Uh, once I got through the really technical part, I couldn't put it down. I, 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 I'm an age older than you are, and you know, it's, it's some of the grasping of the, the what they're talking. I mean, I still don't understand the cat. Um, you know, what is Schrodinger's? Yes, Schrodinger's cat. I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't know what his cat did. I, you know. <laughs> But I, it's okay because the rest of it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, so that's the book Quantum Jumps that just came out, and that one I wrote that just in nine months flat, starting on January first of last year, and then by um, October it was all done with the illustrations, the cover, everything edited, um, because. That book, it's based on all the research that's happening right now. It's been extraordinary. There's so much, uh, this, this exponential growth curve of scientific studies and research going on, um, but not so much of a careful synthesis putting it back together and explaining why it matters. So I really wanted to share that with people to let them know here's a few dozen ways you can instantly become smarter, stronger, have better relationships, happier, you know, all these wonderful things that are so easy, and they're all laboratory-tested, proven, and they're also part of what I call quantum jumps. Uh, it's that as the quality that you can be consciousness, that you're not really stuck in any particular reality, that you're not who you thought you were, you're not just the physical body you think you are, you're so much more than that. And on that note, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the practical aspects of quantum physics, quantum jumps. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Cynthia Larson saying, please come back, there's so much more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. 
Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Cynthia Larson. Um, We're talking about quantum jumps, the quantum age. In your book, Cynthia, you make this statement. The quantum age invites us to radically transform our view of who we are and how we work, play, love, and heal in our everyday lives. Let's talk a little bit about how quantum physics or, you know, this whole quantum experience does that. What does it bring that allows us to expand this way? Well, okay, that's a great question. And this gets into that what it feels like to be living in this quantum um, reality, which is very different than the way we were raised, unless, of course, you're playing that Q-Craft module on Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so some kids are right there right now, thank goodness. And that's the best when my grandson to... comes, I'll have him teach me how to play the game. Yes, and make sure he's got Q-Craft. And if he doesn't, then he'll want it. I hope he I does. I will see yeah. that he has it. Thank you. <laughs> we can all do our part there. Yes, so it's uh, what it does is it gives you the realization that um, it, it gets back to Actually, the words of William James, an American psychologist who was just so wise and such a wonderful man. I didn't know him personally, of course, but what he said was, if you want equality, act as if you already have it. So this is what you might call faking it till you make it. Um, You might think of it as if you want to, you know, in other words, if you want to impress people at work, then act like you have the skill set and you carry yourself appropriately. In other words, if you want to be moving up, then you need to start acting that way. It's like what we tell our kids, you know, sit up straight, smile, look people in the eyes, say yes ma'am, no ma'am, have some manners, show respect. Well, maybe kids aren't raised quite that well nowadays, but, you know, that would be ideal so that everybody's got respect. But, But the thing with the quantum idea is that when you realize we can all be our very best, then if you're a teacher, if you're an educator, if you're a grandparent or a parent, you can address your children that way. It, it comes from speaking to the, the highest level of who they are. And you can even do this with strangers on the street. You can do it with even scary situations where you're facing, um, you know, it's a dark night and you're in an alleyway. You can really treat people at their best. 
And it's it's just amazing what happens when you do that. It's it really does literally transform the world. You're talking about faking it till you make it. Yes. Acting as if. That's right. So, one of your questions, and I love this question, is how good can it get? Now, how did you come to love that question? And I know you do. Uh, <laughs> and how do you answer it? How good can it get? Okay. Well, that, I love it. I love it. It's an open-ended invitation to the cosmos, um, very much based on Plato, if you know the philosopher Plato, or Leibniz, um, you know, if people love philosophy like I do, then, then they're, they're familiar already with this idea that the world is wonderfully fine-tuned, that life can exist on it against all odds, because it really is um, anti-chaotic. It is organized. That things already are going in a direction of getting better and better. Uh, never mind the news and what you hear about with global warming and wars and so forth. If you really have an underlying faith, and it can just be a faith in the fact that um, just the astronomical improbability that we're living here on this planet, that life exists the way it does. And anybody that's looked into the odds of what the odds are for that to be happening, they know what I'm saying is true. It's just, you know, trillions to one. You know, quadrillions to one. It's just outrageously un- unlikely. And the more we find out about things like the Higgs boson, the more we realize, wow, it just got weirder. We're really a very, 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 very extremely unlikely reality here. And so looking into the nature of reality is why I ask that question, how good can it get? Because you can actually steer reality in an even more organized place. You can get things even better than they've ever been. And that question really does help you do that. And I find myself now asking that question. <coughs> Excuse me. Having a really great day. And you think, how good, how good can it get? Because it just keeps getting better and better. Right. <coughs> you talk about parallel universes in your book. Now, what are parallel universes? And how do we know, how do we know that they are except that the spoons change in the drawer? Right. Well, this uh, the whole theory of these many worlds um, came to be, well, it was a philosophical idea, and then it was recently brought into the world of physics by physicist Hugh Everett III, who talked about the many worlds idea for quantum physics as a way to explain some of the, you know, these things like spooky action at a distance and superposition of states and um, all that strange business in the quantum realm. And so it's one way of explaining it. It is a philosophical explanation. In other words, it's very difficult to prove, although recently looking at cosmic background radiation, in other words, it's like the baby picture at the time of the Big Bang. You can kind of like, imagine you can do a sonogram of the of the universe, and then you find out it's not just the universe because you can see fig- shadowy imprints of figures outside the Big Bang. It's like, wow, here's a baby, and oh my gosh, that must be some other universes out there too. So that's what they're seeing with the cosmic background radiation, and that was picked up on the Planck telescope and the Bicep 2 telescope just this last year. So there's a lot of scientific, um, uh, not exactly proof, but evidence that points that direction, as well as all these fine-tuning constants I've been talking about. In other words, how unlikely this world is it seems to implicate that perhaps there are lots of other um, parallel worlds out there to kind of balance things out. Uh, physicists like things to be balanced. You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. 
you know, things yeah, like that. Right. And so th- th- what they're looking for is, well, if this is so remarkably unlikely, there must be like quad- quadrillions of these other universes. You know, what strikes me is that as we get better and better instruments that can do more and more, we find out how little we have known and how much there is yet to discover. Now, in the 50s, I was in nursing in the 50s. I started then, and I thought we were cutting edge. And looking back at it now, we were so primitive. Right. And it's pretty much that way across the board in terms of what we know now. You know, our knowledge base is expanded. You know, everything is expanded. And still, we know so little. Uh, and, you know, it's exciting to think... It is exciting, and you can see the implications for medicine, because um, I, ta- I get into that with both reality shifts and quantum jumps, talking about um, these amazing ch- changes that can occur where people can go literally from almost death's door to being quite healthy again with no real intervention of any sort. And you could call it miraculous. Um, you could also call it just moving to another reality. And it's it's a powerful phenomenon. It, it also the placebo effect is part of this as well. So there, there's just um, a lot of growing evidence that the more we find out about this, like with the placebo effect, it has um, doubled in just the last 30 years in efficacy. So it used to be you could give someone a sugar pill with no active ingredients, and they'd be the control group for the the medical group. The other group would get the real medicine. And you wouldn't expect the placebo people to be noticing less pain or that their depression is going away. Um, however, nowadays, you, you typically get about a 30% improvement for the placebo group, except um, if you start giving them good directions, like telling them, here's, here's your treatment, and people have noticed really good results with this. That's, and if the person saying that has wearing a exactly. lab coat, Suddenly, and especially if they are a person of faith, well, right about there, they, now, now they've got odds of like 75% chance that they're going to improve taking that placebo because they got those directions from someone wearing a lab coat and they've got faith in you know a higher power or source or what have you. They're going to be getting all the benefits of that placebo effect. And Harvard is figuring out, we don't know why that works so well. Well, our minds are very powerful, and right. when a powerful person gives us a powerful message, like you have this terrible illness and you probably only have six months to live, put your things in order, sometimes people will die to the day of six months. Right. Because of that powerful suggestion, the reverse, here's a, a pill, it's very powerful, it's going to make you do this and this and this, most likely they will see those results because they believe they will. And this gets back to that idea that we are consciousness, and when you realize you've got all these possible realities that you can live yeah. in, and you are the you're, you're consciousness, you're the traveler that moves between these different worlds, pretty much with every choice you make. That's the idea that I'm getting across today. Um, we often we don't notice that we're making those choices. We, it's a seamless movement, and so it gives us the illusion, like when you're watching a movie with all the still panels, you think you're watching this beautiful moving image all the way through. You don't pay attention to the fact that it's a series of still shots. Right. Let me ask you this. What's the difference between a reality shift and a quantum jump? Are they the same thing or are they different? A reality shift is um, the observation that something has appeared, disappeared, transformed, transported, 
or there's been some change in time. And so, in other words, it's the observation of what I would call a quantum jump, that you've actually moved from one reality to another. So the words can be used together, like, like wow, I just saw a reality shift. In other words, something's different. And then you could say that is evidence that I've made a quantum jump or that we've made a quantum jump. Yeah, it depends on, and you can jump sometimes with your friend who saw the same movie and knows that that scene was in there, but not with the person that, that you borrowed the movie from. Exactly. And we're going to take a little quantum leap now into a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Cynthia Larson, so stay tuned. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Cynthia Larson. I encourage you to go to her website, which is realityshifters.com. Realityshifters.com. You can see her remarkable array of books and CDs and um, wonderful helps, music, uh, it's a it's a website that you're going to want to spend some time on. I would like to be able to talk about these things, but this show has gone just way too fast for that. And there's a couple of other things I, I want to get to, like lucid dreaming. You talk about lucid dreaming. What is this? How can you do it? And what does it do for you? I think that's worth a whole nother show, but can you do it in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yes, while juggling some dishes. <laughs> yeah, lucid dreaming is wonderful, and it's something, uh, some people may not know what, what I'm talking about, so I'll back up and explain. Uh, everybody dreams, of course, although some people aren't 
remembering many of their dreams. That just means that usually get more sleep and, you know, set down paper and pencil so when you wake up, you can start a new routine that you write down your dreams. And then you'll be surprised. You'll find out you do have dreams. Okay, now lucid dreams are very interesting. This is a variety of dreaming in which inside the dream, you know that you're dreaming. And people that have had this experience are able to ask questions and start exploring consciousness itself. So it begins a journey with a gateway, if you will, by which you're you're welcomed into this amazing world of possibilities. Um, so, for example, you can do anything you want to do once you're awake in a dream. You can fly. Um, you can go visit people. You can go check things out. You can, if if you like to explore the nature of reality like I do, you can um, be faced with some amazing, bizarre, surreal sort of situations, and um, you know, find out that. It's like the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper. <laughs> like there is no end. Uh, like there's always more to more mysteries, more things to explore and figure out. Um, but it's basically a wonderful way to recognize that you're you are consciousness, which is what I was talking about throughout much of the show today. And that is your real identity. You're not your body, and and that's what you can start playing with in a lucid dream. You can get that experience of still being yourself. But you can actually try something out, like you can look different, you can be younger. Uh, like I said, you can fly. You can, you can have abilities and skills that you don't normally have, but still retaining a sense of who you are as a person. And so it, it, it enables you to get to a place by which you can choose realities. And when you get to that place, then you that's, that's really the key to shifting reality, to quantum jumping, to being aware that you are making those choices all the time, that um, you're able to access your best possible future self, for example. And so can you learn to lucid dream when you want to? Well, it's a skill, and it's like riding a bicycle. Once you got it, then you, you don't fall off the bike. Oh, that old bicycle thing again. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes, it takes, you know, like a bicycle, it takes some skill. And it's a little scary at first. It's like, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Um, so, it, but you can just intend that you will learn this. You you will wake up. A lot of people use a technique of looking at their hand, um, just making it a normal part of your everyday life. I recommend it too. You know, do something every day that you can do in your dreams and also in daily life. And so, when you're in a dream, then you'll notice things like, "Wow, this looks a little different." I'm looking at my hand, but I think I'm in a dream right now. You know, because it looks like I'm wearing some lace that I don't think I had since I was seven years old. This has got to be a dream, you know. <laughs> or something gotcha. Like that. <laughs> and what will this do for you? What it does is, like, the key, the gold medal, the, the, the holy grail, the, the, what the outcome from lucid dreaming is, and it's the biggest gift you can really give yourself. It's the awareness of who you really are. You are your consciousness. It's the beginning of the awareness that you can operate just fine even though you're in a dream state. You're outside of your body. You're free. Is uh, this the same as an out-of-body experience? It, um, it's very similar to astral travel or an out-of-body experience. Um, it's, it's got some certain similarities to it, uh, but lucid dreaming is especially powerful because you're operating also on your subconscious level. So you've got it's it's not just like you're driving it mostly through the consciousness, right? But you you're actually tapping into some very deep deep. It's like you've got all of you together. 
Now, one of the there. things I love about your book are the exercises at the end of each chapter because you actually give people things they can do to help them quantum jump or lucid dream or you know wh- whatever that part of your book is about. And one of my favorites is what went well today. What, what does that do for people? Okay, that's that's a great example. In fact, that's a highlight in the book. It's, it's basically, this is a gift to us from positive psychology. And when you, when you look at your last 24 hour period, you can do it from right now. You can just say, okay, in the last 24 hours, what went well today? And it starts looking a lot like a gratitude kind of a journal because you're writing down things that make you happy that are pretty good. Where it differs and the, the, the fascinating and powerful piece of it is that in addition to that, you're going to pay attention particularly to what you had to do with what went well. And you're going to be crediting some of the things that you're doing that you are being active in the world to make happen that's making it a better place that are in line with your values. So it's um, it's basically giving yourself a springboard, again, based on who you are as consciousness. You know, this is you consciously improving the world, making it better. Things that went well that you had a lot to do with. It's a great exercise. What's next, Cynthia? What's, you have another book in the mill? You know, what's down, what's down the way for you? Well, my, um, very soon, in the next week or two, um, the audio book for Reality Shifts is coming out for people that have <gasps> audio books. <laughs> and I'll be, oh. I, hope I should be bringing out audio versions of all my books, but it's been a slow process. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people have been asking for that, and I'm pleased to announce it. Um, I'll be actually doing an in-person talk if people are in California. I'll be the July 4th weekend at the Dowsers Conference. So that's um, Oh, that's fun. That's going to be really fun. And these people know how to have a conference and a workshop. So it's, it's good for the whole family. You know, everybody's there. Uh, so it's the kind of thing that you can literally bring four generations if you've got them to the event. And, and I'll be talking on Saturday. That's July 5th. And I'll be talking about the evidence of quantum reality selection in daily life. So just about photosynthesis. And and where in California is this? Oh, yes, that's Santa Cruz at the UC Santa Cruz campus. <sighs> and you can find, I assume, this information on your website? Yes, you go to realityshifters.com and just go to the link that connects to speaking events, speaking, cool. and it'll be July 5th, and there it is. And it's, like I said, you can bring the whole family, so if you don't have plans for that 4th of July weekend. <laughs> Maybe I can go visit my son that week. <laughs> um, Cynthia, I hate to say this, but we're right up to the end of the show. What's the message you'd like to leave with our visitors today? What thought do you want to leave them with? Well, I really want people to engage their imagination. Recognize that when you when you ask a question, you're inviting the multiverse to bring you that answer. You're putting attention out there in a very beautiful, subconscious, deep way. So, of course, I think you know the question I love to ask, which really is, how good can it get for you today? How good can everything get for you this year? And those are the questions to be asking and really feel it. Feel it in your bones, feel it in your body. Feel the buzz of excitement as you just start engaging with the multiverse that way, inviting the universe to show you just how good things can get. And it will show you. That's the exciting part. 
It does show you. Next week's guest is Shannon Ivana, who's going to discuss how to overcome anxiety and depression. I think we can all benefit from that to some degree. Um, so be sure you come back next week. Cynthia, thank you so, so much. I've loved having you on the show. Well, thank you, Irene. It's, it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> it's been wonderful. It has been wonderful. Very quick, very short today. Uh, please, please go to her website, get her books. This will stretch your mind like maybe nothing else will, and I encourage you to do that. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Cynthia Larson saying thank you for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.